Kyle. Hello. At what part in your adulthood can you pinpoint the moment that computer games died for you? Third year of university. I think, yeah, third year of university is when they die for me, I think. Or no, fi- yeah, final year of uni is when they died. Computer games has been one of the weirdest things in my growing as a person because when I got into them at a very young age, I was fascinated by him. Sam Fenn, his older brother, had an N64. And when I'd go down to his before primary school, we'd play WWF, uh, No Mercy on it. Or when I'd go around to my granddad's, we'd play Diablo. And I was just like, fuck me, computer games are sick. And I was so into him, so into him. Hours of my youth spent playing computer games. And I loved all kinds. I used to like playing games for, for the story. I used to like just playing them if they were a bit shit, if they were hard. I just used to like fucking playing games. I could spend hours doing so. So I find, I find we find ourselves in quarantine. And, you know, it's like, that oh, fucking hell, we may as well, we don't have any board games, may as well play a computer game. EU4, that's been enjoyable. Europa Universalis 4, if anyone's curious. That's been fun, but it's I would don't, it's predominantly fun because we've been doing it together. Yeah. It is also very good, but it's not like the kind of games I used to play. It's like Football Manager. I can play Football Manager because it's a good way of killing time. It's a, And I, I personally find it, even though obviously this is ridiculous, I personally find it more productive than like watching it. If I, if I just come home from work and I watch a TV series, I don't feel like I do anything. However, if I go on a 14-game winning streak on Football Manager, I'm like... Had a good night last night. It was very productive. <laughs> you can chat about football easier if you play football manager as well. I feel like, or is it all, all the names randomly generated? It doesn't use like... Uh, well, as you get further in, it gets like that. But when you start, it's all real players. Right, okay. Scrutinising depth. Yeah. So Sc- yeah. Every player. Every player is real. Does it reflect their real world? Yeah, it's oh, very okay. very accurately as well in oh, some cool. cases. Not all of them, but some cases. Wayne Rooney is 100 and everything, right? I only goes up to 20 and no. It's <laughs> quite old now. He plays yes. for Derby. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, what, like, football managers, diff, you know, it's and it's one of them, it's like, you like football, it's like, it's very easy to like that. It's like FIFA, it's like, it's not like a proper game. Mm. It's like, it's a game simulating something else. It's not like its own sort of thing. But do you understand, do you know what I mean about, about, because I never, because I really didn't expect this to happen. But these days, like, we're playing Divinity at the minute. Divinity's very good. Yes, Divinity Original Sin 2. But Divinity's very good because we're in lockdown and it's very, very time consuming. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is as you become an adult, you have less time. That's exactly what it is. When I graduated, I was like, right, well, now I'm spending eight hours a day working. I'm commuting f- uh, four hours a day so when i get home it's 7 p.m i have to get, go to bed at 10 to get up at six so i've got three hours to do t- to kill do i play league of legends or do i spend time with my family it's like a very easy choice it was a very easy choice for me but now that i'm living you know away from home again it's you know you've got a lot of more free time we've got more free time but it's what you want to do with your free time as well that changes. Yes. yes. Because when, you were, when you're working, it is so soul-destroying having a job. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely... A job that is not your passion, a job that is merely what you have so you can have money, you can have capitalist coins. Which is most people. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Like Much like myself and you. Mm-hmm. 
it's that that really does take take away a lot of your energy. And I feel like when you when you when your soul's been destroyed a bit, you can't really get into a world of the game the same. I disagree because okay. I know a lot of people that use games as escapism because they they hate their job, but when they get home, they can go on WoW or you know they can chat to their guildmates and stuff like that or they can play a really, really in-depth, good RPG and just get lost in it, like you play D&D. See, for, for me, it's more like... For me, if I can't be arsed with life, I can't be arsed with a game. Interesting. I'm like, oh, no, I can't be arsed doing that because I don't want to get pissed off virtually as well. Oh, right, yeah. Because I find it very stressful. I find, I find games quite stressful sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They like to play tricks on you, but the sense of reward's good. That's why I like Divinity, because at the minute, it's very rewarding for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's hard. It's challenging my brain. It's like doing maths puzzles. It is. This game is literally like doing maths puzzles. It's like doing maths puzzles, but also having to do Sudoku at the same time. Which with, is... With the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. It it's can, very good, though. It's very brutal. It's like a... It's like a sort of very open-ended, so you can sort of do... If you think you can do it, you probably can. Yeah. You know, when you interact with people and stuff like that. Uh, it's really fun. It is really good. It's, it's quite mad as well, because... I think um, the game industry as well has cha- it has changed so much since we were younger as well. It has. They're very they're made very differently now. Some would say for the worse. Yeah, I I don't know enough about games to make a call on that. But in my opinion, again, it could be looking through rose tinted glasses. That's very possible. But I I feel like since like the sort of late. Oh, well, the early 2010s, about like 2010, 2011, all of a sudden, because I, I, I remember the, the day where all of a sudden everybody came into school and everyone just started playing WoW and I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, everybody in my year just won, like, over a weekend. It was actually pretty much around the time that South Park episode came out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But everybody in my school started playing it and then by, like, year 10, 11, every, and I'm talking, like, everyone was playing like COD on the Xbox. Mm, COD 4. Yeah. First Modern Warfare. Oh, what, that, it was... that game, Feet and FIFA, Yeah. At, combined with the two online consoles, which like PS3 and Xbox 360, the biggest selling point, apart from like it looked better, was that it was the online was, you know, it worked. Every game was ported it and you just had to buy a subscription. You didn't need a weird adapter for your console, apart from the Xbox. But... That when those three things happened, that changed everything. I think. Yeah, it really did. It really it went from something that just sort of nerdy people did to something that you know you just had a console in your living room. Everybody, everyone, and everyone, and everyone had, had like FIFA or a Wii with Wii Sports or Wii Yoga because their mum got it at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. so it just it just came into everyone's homes and just proliferated. And like even people that I know that don't like games at all. They're like, it's a total waste of time. They still had a Nintendo DS and Animal Crossing and Pokemon as well. I think Pokemon was a huge game changer for the industry. Mm. Jeez, that was huge. The fact that that company only makes one game and is still very profitable shows you why. Yeah, it's an insane industry, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But no, you are you are right though. I mean, that When everything went online, when I was a kid, it was the greatest thing ever. I will never forget the way the Xbox Live brought together my school. <laughs> my, my school was was quite rifted. You know, a lot of people, no, so certain people would talk to each other, certain people wouldn't. It was a bit like that. All of a sudden, fucking everyone's playing FIFA together. No one's asked anymore. 
All that mattered was how good you were at FIFA. And I, Kyle, I was very good. A lot of hours. Was there competitive FIFA then? Yes. All right, okay. Yes. It was all very competitive. It was all very good. There was a lot of arguments caused, a lot of playground disputes. Mm. But it was great. That, like, that whole time was amazing. And I consider myself very lucky to have grown up through that. What, through the the era of consoles? Yeah, because it brought me so many hours of entertainment as a kid. Yeah, yeah. There is a part of me, though, that wishes that I was born before the internet. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no. Like, in, like... So to be born in sort of the the late, like, very early 80s, so that you you have your childhood, that the, you know, the Stranger Things childhood, if you've seen Stranger Things... I don't want the Stranger Things childhood. No, you don't, but, like, that, you know, that very much spent a lot of time outside and pissing about. The thing is, is that, like, that's that's a load of bollocks, that, because I spent a lot of time playing games, and I've still got stories about getting blowjobs under bridges and stuff, and <laughs> going and smoking weed in parks, and getting battered, going on like camping parties or whatever, and house parties and all that. All of that was still done. You can achieve both. Mm. It's like it's, and I, all I can think is, I'm like, if I was forced to just be outside all the time, I'd have ended up in so much more trouble. I mean, probably, yeah. I think a lot. of like people that would cause trouble would just stay in and play video games instead of going outside. Very likely. I would. I didn't cause trouble. I just got into trouble. Well, I didn't cause trouble. Okay, right, okay, yeah. I would just get into incidents. Mm-hmm. I'd just get into accidents. I was very fall. So, oh god. Well, I was very. T- I was very timid when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was very scared. I was, my my mum reigned with an iron fist. Mm. You know, I did. There was no pissing my mum off. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't get. Couldn't deal with that. Couldn't deal. Couldn't deal with the. Oh, she give you these dead eyes, Kyle. Stare right through your teacher eyes, and she's like looking at you, and you're like, "Oh God, I'm gonna break." <laughs> she honestly, my mum, she should have been an investigator she, or like a police interviewer because she'd look at you with these eyes, and honestly, Kyle, you, you couldn't lie. She'd break you. What was the one thing that she would say that would always make you stop doing what you're doing and just listen? Did she do the three, two? One. No, she, she, nah, she just had to shout. Oh, right, okay. When she shouted, it was like... Oh, a rock of thunder. It was like... Vibrating <laughs> the hallways like fucking, of the home. The whole house is rattling. <laughs> and I'm, I'm fucking sat there, like... Because uh, I'd, I'd be upstairs, right? And I'd be fucking... I'd be playing zombies. Uh, I'd be, you know, about round 30, thinking, this is a great run, this. This is me. And then I'd say, Jamie! And I'm like... <laughs> the little voice inside my head goes, run, flee through the window now. Fly, Escape. Fly, you fool. But the other part of me just freezes and then you'd hear her coming up the stairs and it's like, shit, shit, shit. And she'd open the door and it's just like, what could I have done? What could I have done? And it was normally a phone call from the school had happened. If it was around about half five, six o'clock and she'd not been home that long and then she got a fucking phone call from the school being like, Jamie's not done this or Jamie has done this. That was always a very bad evening. Did she work for the school that you went to? No, she didn't. Oh, okay. My mum, uh, she, she worked for Ofsted teaching teachers. Or she didn't work for Ofsted. I don't know. She did something. To, she helped make the. Uh, she helped write the curriculum, um, for like GCSE English, um, but she ended up going insane because obviously it was Michael Gove's education system, mm. and my mum's very very labour. My mum hates Michael Gove <laughs> for ruining education for children. Was he now Secretary of State, head of something? Very high up. Yeah. He ruined education. He really did ruin schools. I do, I, I genuinely feel like there's a lot. I know a lot of people who. Uh, have been completely failed by the education system. I, I I like to think I'm one of those people. I'm very smart. I went to all the revision classes. Good. I know. I still didn't. Were you get... made to? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I, obviously. I'm not going to go by choice, am I? Well, maybe if you want a good I, what grade. I've just been telling you about fucking computer games. You sat here thinking I'm going to go to a, a revision session. I'd say one thing that was a critical flaw in my education was my mum. She had a very strict rule, which was when you get home, you've got to do three hours of shit that's not fucking watching TV, not going out with your mates. Three hours? For, I had to do three hours. Of, oh, it was either two or three hours of like doing some your homework now. Just get it done. Or play guitar. But honestly, at the time, very frustrating. Because at the time, I'm like, ooh, got some trees to cut down on RuneScape, mum. Don't really want to do my maths homework. But what I could do is play guitar. And Kyle, once I realised that, it was like a cheat code for ho- for being at home, that. Because <laughs> I would just play guitar for three hours. Or I'd quote-unquote learn guitar. I wouldn't learn. I'd just twat around on it. Or, and then I'd realise, oh, hang on a minute, there's online guitar lessons, yeah? So mm. I could just go on YouTube for three hours and watch people play guitar, which was much more interesting than learning hey, did you Did you watch Marty Schwartz? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That is a name I have not heard in quite a long time. Mm. Yeah, two Very fa- friendly face. 2009, hey guys, Marty here. Marty here. 2009 Marty Schwartz, great time. Very much like the, oh, I'm not going to say equal to, but he reminds me of the Bob Ross of the guitar world. That's an incredible comparison, actually. Because he's very, like... I see him as a sort of sage imparting wisdom on me, in a way. Did you watch Phil X? No. Phil X was a, a guitar player. He, like, I think he did, like, session work. But he'd just play all these mad, rare old guitars in um, some fucking guitar shop somewhere. Mm. And he'd just, like... He'd always be rocking out. And he would always, like, look like he was just fucking buzzing to be there playing guitar. Very, like, classic. He was very much like my guitar teacher. About 48, long, like, still a rock and roller. Like, fucking... Definitely was right on the beacon hair metal back in the day. Settled down now, got a kid, trying to earn a bit of money, but still, you know, got rock and roll about him. Like, he's lived through it. Do you know what I mean? Lived through the spirit of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And because of Phil X, I got... Um, he always used to play. Or I, ju- I, I just remember, because obviously I've not watched his videos in years, but I remember he, he always used to play his distortion through uh, a bad monkey overdrive pedal, which I actually used to record all of Dirtmore with. And I was like, ooh, could do with a bit more gain. And that was the first thing that I thought of, was Phil X, a YouTuber. There's a new era of musician that's coming around. A few years ago, like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you ask, like, oh, you know, what bands you're into, or who inspired you to play guitar? It's like people might be like, oh, you know, Slash, Eddie Van Halen. There'll be a lot of people, I reckon, who'll say, like, YouTubers, in the same way, School of Rock is definitely influential to Oh, yeah. School of Rock is... I was, I, I was doing an interview this morning... Or it might have been this afternoon. Time's kind of blurred into one in the quarantine. I was doing an interview, um, and one of the things was, uh, what inspired you to start a band? I can't really remember what inspired me to start a band, but School of Rock will have definitely been, in, uh, definitely planted the seed to that. It really captures that kind of spirit of kind of throwing all to the wind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like. It's one of them. It's like you can find a great deal of happiness in music if you if you take it for what if you take it for what it is, because obviously you know bands like bands like the Rolling Stones and shit like that. This the it's it's almost like a fantasy land that that like those old rock and roll bands, those massive old bands. It really it's like a fantasy world, whereas 
you know, when you boil it down to what it actually is, it's like it's just people playing music, and it's like, and you can actually just go and do that. You can like you can go and do exactly what those people do, just to less people, which is what which is like what the DIY scene is. It's just people fucking playing live music, and it's fucking sick. And you can take so much pleasure from just knowing that you're doing that with your life. Like you can just when you, it's like people that put on gigs. So it's like. People like Chris uh, Fishlot, my mate in Bristol, right? He just puts gigs on because he fucking loves watching bands with his mates. Sometimes his mates are in the bands, sometimes they're not. It's just a nice feeling and like, you know, to know that's what you're doing with your life. It's quite good. It's quite good. And you can gain that from, uh, you don't have to necessarily like, it doesn't have to be bands you get that from. It can be a movie about a fucking teacher teaching kids how to play music. That can be, that. I think that's a very valid reason actually. Isn't Jack Black still... He still does music. Yeah. The thing is that makes that film so it, good is that you can tell Jack Black read the script or maybe he produced it, I don't know. It was, the film was, like, made for him. Yeah, you, it's like it, he... Because he was obviously played in Tenacious D and whatnot. So you, you kind of you, you kind of look at him and you go, yeah, you definitely believe every, every word you're saying in this film. Do you know where Emma Gontar met him once? Really? I've told this uh, story on the show before, yeah. Emma met him in an airport and uh, Kyle Gass. And um, she was like, oh, you know, big fan. And he was like, D-, he was like, how old are you? And she was like 20 or whatever at the time. And he was like counting in his head. And she was like, he was like, oh, he's like, did you watch School of Rock? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, did it rock? And I like that. And I like that. <laughs> he's like, because I, be- you know, do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sound that. <laughs> very heartwarming, very awesome. What, Jack Black? Yeah. Oh yes, oh yes. He's a very, very wholesome man. This is what I, I sort of see him and Dave Grohl in a very similar light. Although I know you probably don't agree. Not a big fan of Dave Grohl. I, d- I don't know. Maybe, maybe you take a different perspective. But I, he just seems very wholesome. Have you ever seen the 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 video of? I think it's a bunch of people in Italy playing a Foo Fighters song. It's like a hundred of them in a field. With each of the in- with instruments, so there's like 25 drummers, 25 bassists, and then like 50% guitarists, and they play the whole song, and then Foo Fighters watched the video, and then they came and played Italy because of that. They had a massive festival there. Mm. I just love that kind of stuff. It's just like it just kind of shakes up the music industry a bit. It's like Metallica playing on Antarctica or whatever. Yeah, Metallica also ruined the music industry. Yes, well, yes, but they did play in Antarctica, which is nuts. Yeah, but I'd go and play in Antarctica if somebody fucking booked a gig for us there. Make it happen. Please. I would love to. If you're listening and you want to book aerial salad for Antarctica. NASA, if you're listening. NASA. Yeah. What? Can you not just... Is it owned by NASA, Antarctica? You have to... I'm pretty sure you have to have permission to go... You're like... One, it's fucking hard to get there in the first place. Two, I don't think you can fly there. And three, you might be able to fly there. I'm not sure. Francis, it might come in the middle didn't have permission off NASA to be there. He just showed up. Fictional character, Jamie. But you, if you can play a gig there, then I think that's the ticket to the halls of fame in the rock that's, and roll. That's the ticket to the that's rock and roll hall of fame. Play just a play a really cold part of the world and then... I've played Morecambe. That was fucking cold. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, son. I t- son, I tell you what, son. You come on tour with us during winter and we'll, take, we'll just take you around Europe and the UK in winter and that's as cold as it needs to be. Well, the winters are only going to get colder with climate change. Take me 20 years and it'll be like Antarctica in probably Newcastle and above. Oh, dear. 
Mm. Fraser's gonna have to buy some new socks. Yeah. I'll send him some. You got a big coat? Have I got a big coat? Mm. Nice big thick coat. Uh, I've got the uh, Tommy Hilfiger one, but it's not quite thick enough. Mm. I have been, my eyes have been, my eyes have been distracted by all the courts recently. Because the Marlborough one, it, it was an upgrade from the Marlborough one. It's much warmer than that, but I feel like there's another level of warmth I can get to, Kyle. <laughs> and I'm in an I've yet ever, to tap into it. An ever-ending, uh, sorry, an ever-progressing search for that, for that final layer of warmth. We can need it when you play the Antarctic. We, yeah, we will do. Yes. Well, uh, do you know what? It's not very easy to play a gig with your jacket on. I don't know how Liam Gallagher does it because we tried at Boomtown. Do you remember? Yeah. I'd yeah. take it off. <laughs> Did you get too hot in. or was it hard to play guitar? It was a combination of the two. It was predominantly too hot. Mm. I, I, I was really, really, really like... I had it on and I was just like, no fucking way am I going to be able to... To be fair, it was the height of summer. No, it was pissing it down with rain most of Boomtown. It's still quite warm. Yeah, it was. That very was what humid. was annoying about it. It was warm and... Humid, wa- very humid. It was, mm. it was. It got cold at night. Oh, it got cold at night. It oh, did. it got cold it at night. Did. Especially when your sleeping bag's wet because there was a storm for like two of the days. That, that was actually the best part of the whole thing is when that storm came. I don't know why. It was just awesome. I it just was, loved it. Apart from all of the main stages shutting down. Did that happen? Yeah, do you not remember? Oh, yes. No, okay. I take it back. That was actually... It was interesting to see because it was a very... Like, we were driving back through the festival and there were tents just flying through the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. Like, tens at a time, just tumbling and tumbling. And you're like, oh, my God, someone's going to get back from seeing fucking Dizzy Rascal or whatever. And they're gonna Dizzy be, Rascal? They're going to be on the come down and all they want to do is lay down and have a joint and their tent is gone yeah. with all their belongings. That is so... Oh, God. If you're pranging as well, it'd be so annoying. Yes, that. mate. Oh, and it's dark and people are just... Oh, no. No, I do do. This is why you get a town. good tent. When you go to a festival, everyone, especially Boomtown, because it's very hilly, get a good tent and get a little hammer thing. It doesn't have to be an expensive it doesn't, tent. It just, one with like long pegs is all you need and then just hammer that shit in. Although, to be fair, there was the, the, the ground in Boomtown was not prime pegging territory where we were. No, it was not Kyle. It was a lot of rocks. It was a lot Kyle. Of very annoying rocks. Yes. Yes. A lot of red hands and tears. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Really wasn't ready to put that tent up. Too many instructions. Mm. Dyspraxia overload. <laughs> Information alert. Alert. Because you were... Um, so obviously you're not you're not involved in the uh, in the old in the old punk scene at all, really. Nope, nope. You don't even particularly like punk music, to be honest. Not really, no. Um, but what? How did you find Boomtown? What was Boomtown like from your perspective? Because the first year I went, one of the things I loved uh, about it so much and about Hangar One Six One is it's like you've got this massive mainstream major festival, and then this stage where all your fucking mates play. Mm-hmm. All the DIY bands mm-hmm. play and it's just so cool that we all get to play that festival together and it really feels like a base camp for the team. Yeah. It's like a... It's, it's, it's almost like a punk barracks, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because <clears throat> I knew a few people. I know a few because I've been on tour with you before. So I, I, there were familiar, a lot of familiar faces like the Nova Twins. I can't remember their names. Very sorry. But... and So there were a lot of familiar faces. Recognise everyone. But... It seemed that everyone knew each other as well. Very tight-knit. Very, very tightly-knit. It's because it's a very small scene. Which is it's very wholesome to see that. It is. Because my it impression is. of the music industry is that nobody gets along. That's my impression of it. Because it's very like, you know, you've got to fight for your place and whatnot. That but is what the industry is like. That's the, the impression I get. Yeah. But it seemed that this was sort of like a bastion of just like, we're just doing it for the music. Do you know what? That's a perfect way of describing it. As um, we've brought this album out... Um, you know, 
obviously we're, we're in clash in that and we've had uh, reviewing Kerrang. So we're, we're trying to push, you know, towards the mainstream more. We've done a few different gigs. And what what I've really, what's really happened from that is it's just like reaffirmed our appreciation for the punk scene so much because it is just bollocks. The actual like music industry and the mainstream and what's cool, it is so much of it is just nonsense and bullshit and like knowing people, simply knowing people, having people like knowing people's names, being able to name drop. Like it's so weird. And then you've got the punk scene, which is like, for better or worse, it is just people doing it because they want to do their band. And yeah. it and it's like it's really is quite wholesome. And it re- and people put in a lot of effort to get like what you could look at as very little in return mm-hmm. if you're choosing to look at it from the way the mainstream would look at it mm-hmm. but boomtown's like reaping the reward of everyone's hard work it's like the hard work of a promoter it's a hard work of all the bands it's like you know we you get to do this and it's so good but aside from the nice from well, not the nice things because a lot of boomtown was nice but aside from sort of a the music that human aspect of it what did you think of the town the town. What did you make of your... What, what, what was your Boomtown experience? My Boomtown experience was one of pretty much absolute... It was a mixture of horror, but also a mixture of amazing, like, wonderment. Because, mm. I mean, how long does it tend to set the festival up again? Oh, like, it takes them, like, six months. It is the, and what... It, when you hear that, you're like, oh my God, six months. Like you could you could do so much, like what are they doing? It's massive. It's, it's fucking massive. Huge. Like if, you, if you're watching a band at the main stage and we wanted to go back to the artist camp, it would take us 30 minutes yeah, to walk it. It's a big walk. And like you're wearing Doc Martens all day because, you know, it's muddy. So your feet are just like, ow, please help. Oh, but you know, you persevere because you're pissed and whatnot. Uh, but... And then, the, and then the wind picks up, and then the rain picks up, and then suddenly tents are flying everywhere. But no, it was it was the amazement main, mostly came from the fact that they had basically built a giant film set and mm. hired a bunch of people to like make you think that you're in a different place. Like it's like the Disney real world. world. It's so yeah, it's like Disney World. It's like adult Disney World. It's so different to the real world in every way it's so abstract and just strange and trippy that you just forget about the real world because you're just so laser focused on like looking at that person on stilts with the like the plague mask from the renaissance era and a big creepy bloody coat and you're like what the hell is going on and suddenly you forget that you owe fifty thousand pounds in student debt you just don't care anymore (laughs) and you're having a great time and you're very much in overdraft you just don't care anymore you're just having an absolutely great time it it really is like a theme park it's it's incredibly done it's incredibly well done and it's with the the two years I've been there, considering how much drugs are being done, mm. I didn't see any trouble. No, I, d- I, I didn't, didn't see didn't any see fights. Any fight, and I didn't see like that. that much police around either. No, Not, I, more police were at Reading Festival when I went. Mm. So that's yeah, you, I, that was interesting. yeah. I didn't they didn't? It, it feels like a very lawless place, Boomtown. It's mm. very Mad Max. But at the same time, it, it feels a bit. It feels. It does feel, yeah, that's that's where the horror aspect came from. It was the fact that it was like, you've got all these people here and, I mean, we're not going to shy away from it. There are a lot of drugs coursing through the veins of people at Boomtown Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's known for, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. infamous part of it. Um, so you're like, well, what, 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 what's going to happen? But, I mean, everyone just seemed very controlled. I mean, and we were out a lot. 
It's not like we were just like watching bands. We were like where, where is Leeds? between places, so we were look with people. Whereas Reading and Leeds seems like the kind of place you do drugs for the first time. Boomtown's very very much the place you go if you've done them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like. It's like an it's like an advanced it's like it's like hard difficulty. It's like <laughs> it's like going to a festival on hard. It's like put, it's like legendary mode on FIFA. It's just a nightmare. The, they just you just can't break them down. They just pass around you. Uh, but the thing is, there was a giant. Um, the thing is, the good thing about Boomtown is that it doesn't shy away from what it is. Yeah, it knows it knows it knows exactly what's going on, and it doesn't try and crack down on it so much as just provide support. So like, safe. yeah it's just like it's promoting people like okay if, if you're gonna do it do it do it carefully and i think that does help because people will do it regardless yeah, of, of if you tell them or not to of it's, the war on drugs is one of the most it's futile. something that can't be won it yeah, really can't it's the most futile and I, like we're not saying that's good or bad i'm just saying it's fu- yeah. it is totally futile which is why the next step going okay the war's futile education just mm-hmm. telling people to be safe if you doing like the Netherlands does it yeah if you tell people that doing MDMA four times a week for a year is going <laughs> to ruin the he's like going to ruin their mental health instead of being like you, why are you doing it you're stupid yeah okay this is this is why it's stupid yeah, this is the scientific evidence to say so but wait we can't research because it's all banned exactly it's ridiculous exactly exactly it's a futile war Boomtown as well I think you know you, part of you kind of dreads to think because it's like oh god you just have to hope that you, people are with the mates and stuff like that because it could be it could be a potentially bad environment but I think at the same time it's one of those things where a lot of a lot a lot of the attitude on people taking drugs is that people take drugs and want to cause trouble but I, I actually think a much larger people who do drugs quite a bit they don't really want to cause trouble they just want to enjoy being course, fucked and yeah. I think you wouldn't want to ruin that. Do you know what I mean? By causing, you wouldn't be the one, well, you wouldn't want to be the one person no. who, who ruined it for everyone there. No. Because it's like, it's a good, it's, I don't know, it was a majoritively good vibe. It was, it was very good. Oh, after yeah. after our set, there was a lot of people there who obviously fucking just had, had never heard of us and will never, ever listen to us. Will never see us again. But they still have dance. Yeah, because we're on at four o'clock on the first day and the fucking two grams of MD in already. <laughs> They're obviously not going to remember our band. But you you have a walk around and there's people who are like, oh yeah, man, that's fucking sad. Like there's a vi- there's that video of us doing such a pity and it's just full of the fucking Cortinas lads, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yes, go on boys. What are you doing here? Several bucket hats. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what we want really. That's what we want. But yeah, um, everybody, that was the Big Punk Short with Jamie and Kyle. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.